Good evening, everybody. I'd like to call the meeting to order the April 19th zoning subcommittee. Tonight's agenda is we have one item on the agenda, a special permit application under Chapter 275-66A for the purpose of allowance of a business, commercial, or industrial development on Burnett Road, parcel ID map 294, lot 6, and lot 7. Agnes, can you take a roll call? Alec here. Bouchain. Here. Cinea Costello. Here. McAuliffe. Lopez. Zagorowski. Here. Labrie. Here. And I don't see anybody from the council on Zoom. All right. Just ask them for the. Is there anybody from the council or the subcommittee on Zoom? Okay, seeing none. Compliance with the open meeting law, the city of Chicopee is recording this meeting. Is anyone else in the audience video or audio taping this meeting? If so, please state your name and organization. All the counselors. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So, Councillor Zagrassi, Councillor Bree, and Agnes are here. We have oh, IT here. here. That's why I asked. Oh, there you are. I see you over there. Yep. Okay. And Attorney Garvey is here. Councilor uh, Piniak, Cancelo, and Councilor Dobos. Hi, everybody. All right, so public input will be limited to three minutes. I'm going to do this so there's no screaming from the audience when after the 21 three questions are answered. I will open public input again for a second time because I'm sure you're going to have questions based on some of the answers to the questions. So uh, we'll open up the public input right now. When you come up to the mic, just state your name and address for the record. Uh, yeah, oh, and uh, Councilor Balakir is not here as to an illness. Um, so when you come up to public, it'll be three minutes, but I will give you a chance. I will open it again at the end of the question so you can have a chance to ask more questions through me to the parties that you want to ask questions to. So that way we don't have everybody screaming from the audience and we'll keep this nice and calm and we'll get through it hopefully pretty quickly. So that being said, anybody here for public input? Name and address for the Hello, record. my name is Susan LaPlante, 71 Angela Drive in Chicopee. I would first like to say that I'm not against promoting business and bringing revenue into this city. I'm all for progress and people improving their land, whether to be build a home or a business. My only problem is the traffic issue on Burnett Road, especially this area we're talking about today. You should be also, I feel you should be requesting an independent traffic study at this time. The only reason there is a moratorium on this on Burnett Road since the 1990s is because of the traffic issue. I believe that unless the city is planning to do something to help improve the flow of traffic, the danger it brings to all of us who travel and live in this area daily, then it will con the moratorium should continue. The residents of the area do not want to keep coming to these meetings just so some of you can make us look like the bad guys 
when the city has done nothing to improve the flow of traffic in the area for almost 30 years. Where's the city responsibility in this? In regards to Tesla bringing in a company that is requesting over 400 parking spots is a company that will have people traveling from many areas of Massachusetts, nearby states to come to this location, whether it be to purchase a Tesla, new or used, or have a Tesla repaired or used a charging station, which will bring more traffic to the area, con already congested area. Vehicles and trucks that come into this location will at times back up traffic in the heaviest times of the day, whether to be going in or out of the business. Going in or out, whether you put the lane, the entrance at the lights, which I know we talked, they were talking about during the last zoning meeting. If you're going to towards Burnett Road, the truck stop is always backed up with traffic because the trucks can't get into this truck. So that means cars have to try and maneuver to the right lane. If they're in, maneuver to the left lane. If they're in the left lane trying to turn into the Tesla, that means there's nowhere for the flow of traffic to go. I also said, I also think there's a road that goes into where Motel 6 is. It's called Johnny K. Collow Road. That road was never finished. That goes right to the property where the, they are doing the proposed Tesla. I would like to really have somebody consider looking into making that the entrance that already has a third turn lane. It will avoid the traffic going into the heavily congested Burnett Road area. It could be a good solution to, for all. Like I said, I'm not against business being proposed in that area at all. I'm just concerned about the traffic and why nothing is being done to help the traffic situation. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Good evening, my name is Jeanette Jez, 71 Fairway Drive, Chicopee, Mass. Um, I think the um, Tesla, proposed Tesla business is a good idea, but I have to say that when I hear about the size, particularly the 400 spaces, I think to myself, well, here we go with a more blacktop in the city. Um, I think we have something special in this city, but I would like to suggest to the zoning and planning boards, Lee, that please um, consider including more green space and asking these companies who want to come into our city to build that into their plans. I do think 400 sounds like a lot for this piece of property, um, so I'd like more explanation on that and maybe it could be shrunk down. Thanks. For the record, Councilor Lopez is right. <clears throat> Anybody else? Uh, good evening. My name is Glenn Plant, 71 Angela Drive. Uh, I would first like to uh, just ask everyone that's here that knows, what is the number one problem on Burnett Road? And everyone here should know the answer. Traffic. Okay. Traffic is the number one problem on Burnett Road. Public safety should be number two. Okay, I'm not against Tesla coming to town. I'm against what Tesla wants to bring to town. Um, also, I want to put the, the, this board or committee on note that, okay, in addition to a special permit submission requirements of the City of Chicopee Code 275-9, all special permits applications shall be accompanied by a traffic study. Not a traffic assessment, 
A traffic study is when you actually put that thing down on the ground and you run cars over it and you do a number count. That's called a traffic study. A traffic assessment is somebody that comes from Tesla at the last meeting and says, well, based on the calculation formula, when they don't even know how many Teslas are going to be coming in there. These people were representing Tesla and they basically lied and said that the charging stations won't be 24-7. They're 24-7 wherever they are. That's how they make money. You have to pay to use the charging stations. Um, second of all, the size of the building, I'm in the automotive business, okay? The size of the building alone, 40,000 square feet with 480 parking spaces is crazy. All right, think of it this way. Based on a number of repair base, 48 repair base, 48, that's immense. If you took 48 cars in the shop at one time, you put 48 cars in the parking lot that are waiting to go in, which we all know in, the, in my business, that doesn't happen very often. Do the math, 48, 48. 40 park cars for basically people that work there. So that's another number. And then you may, maybe 10 vehicles for test drives because Tesla says that they're not gonna have inventory there. You're just gonna test drive the cars they have, okay? And then you maybe say you had 48 more vehicles waiting. That's 156 spots. And, that's, and if you minus the 48 cars, where do you need 480 parking spots? That's an awful lot of cars. That's a huge building, 40,000 square foot building to be a service center. And also, they're going to do a service. And Tesla will tell you all day long, well, the only thing we maintain on our cars is, is tires, brakes, and that type of stuff. There's no fluids. But we have a battery that catches fire all over the country. Anybody do any due diligence on Tesla? I've got all kinds of reports on Tesla's, how they catch on fire. Fire departments across the country don't know how to put them out. Most fire departments have no idea how to put them out. They're using 28,000 gallons of water to put them out. One fire department says they don't even use that much water in a month. So as much as good as it has, it does have some bad. But I think the number one problem is traffic on Burnett Road, the size of the building. And, and I also agree that there's another option to an entrance. Johnny K. Hollow Road is a definitely better option for an entrance. Thank you. Thank you. We also Republican input. Hi, everybody. My name is uh, David Rossi. I live at 106 Morrow Drive for the last 58 years. So I'm pretty familiar with the Burnett Road area. My father, Frank, was a pioneer in that area. And uh, just to kick it off, as far as moratorium, that word is, I was corrected so many times by Keith Rattel that it is not a moratorium. A moratorium, by definition, is a suspension of activity. We had no suspension of activity up in the Burnett Road area regarding businesses or that. What we have here, and this is what we're talking about, is a special permit process. And Keith had always told me it's a special permit process, Dave, and this special permit process was put in place by the city to ensure any development on the Burnett Road area did not severely impact the ongoing, it had already been bad, the ongoing traffic volume, speed, and safety, okay, that, 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 um, that threat that the proposed development would bring into our Burnett Road neighborhood and businesses. We're thinking of our businesses on that road as well, too. I can speak for myself and my wife. We were involved in a severe accident in front of the Chicopee State Park Saturday morning at 7 a.m. going to walk our dogs by somebody flying off of 291, okay, that got the green lights and impacted us at about 40 to 45 miles an hour, they estimate. Never stopped, okay? So that road is dangerous. And what we're talking about is a special permit process. We have so many meetings in the city of Chicopee to make sure that we're doing the right thing for the neighbors and the businesses 
I certainly see that this is, and as the Republican said in their article, this is a long time tool. It's a tool that the city put in place. You know, it's a meeting, it's a special permit process so they can have the meeting, have public input, business input, and the city input so that we're doing the right thing, whatever development happens on Burnett Road. And Burnett Road has happened, had development, so it hasn't been suspended. Chicopee Savings Bank was put in, Dunkin' Donuts was put in, and Williams Distributing, which is an also a big distributor, okay, they were put in, and that worked well with the city, okay, because there was cooperation and communication. So I believe that the special permit process should remain intact so that the city, the citizens, and the businesses that are looking to develop on Burnett Road all have a common input and that the best decision can make going forward. Because again, it comes down to safety and you know, speed is everywhere. We have serious, serious issues and there's no denying and it's on Burnett Road and it's a serious safety factor. And I will add this, as we're all aware by the new developments from the state, that traffic is coming faster and furious down Burnett Road than it ever has in any other time. With that being said, that's the special permit process. I believe it should still be intact. Regarding the Tesla dealership, I agree. I, I, I love to see development. It's a, it's a growing city, and I've seen it in other cities in which I've lived in. So I think Tesla, I think they have a, a decent proposal, but I will say this, okay? The entrance and the exit has got to be changed. There is just no way about that. The infrastructure cannot handle another driveway entrance. It needs to be done properly. And if a traffic study needs to be done, then so be it. The other thing is, is the 400 traffic spaces. Time's up. I'll give you a chance to wrap Okay, one second. 400 traffic spaces, I think, are excessive in the, in the sense of we do need to save some green space. We have a Vernal Pool over there, a Chickabee State Park over there, and a lot of kids that go over there. If we could see a little bit more of a buffer, with Tesla, the Chickabee State Park, the Vernal Pool, just wrapping around, maybe by reducing some of those spaces. You know, if they could have a little bit more green space buffer around to protect our environment, I think that would be good. So with that, thank you for your time. Amen. Anybody else for public input? I'm Eugene Prisbillowitz, 11 Caddyshack Drive, Chicopee. This has been going on for some years, the traffic situation there, and it doesn't get any better. A few months ago, we were discussing hundreds of tractor trailers coming to the area. I thought that, as far as I know, Mr. Patel is taking the city to court. Am I right, Frank? I don't know. You don't know? I really don't know. Okay. Anybody else? Maybe that's the property that should have the Tesla side on it instead of backing up tractor trailers all the way up the pike. They're backed up now as it is. Maybe we should give some thought to that and save this other parcel for something else down the road. Thank you. Okay, anybody else for public input? Get a motion to close. Close public input. Right. Is there any public input from Zoom? Oh, anybody on Zoom for public input? Okay, seeing none. I second the motion. Uh, so we'll begin with the questions. There was 20 plus questions that were um, asked of the applicant. What? Thirty still time? Oh. Are you going to give I am. Oh, we need a motion to reopen it though, or just leave it alone? Okay, we'll scratch that motion. 
<laughs> it's easier than reopening it. All right, so um, the reason this meeting was postponed, I was not at the last meeting, but there was a couple dozen questions that were asked of the applicant. So tonight we're going to go through those questions. Again, like I said, and at the end, I'll give another opportunity for everybody to ask their questions through me to the applicant. Uh, again, keeping in mind that three minutes or less and respect for everybody's time. Um, so we had a couple of late additions to this. I'm going to assume you got the late additions in the email I see here. Um, it's sent to you on the April 7th at 9.02 a.m. So, but it's not on my typed out list of questions. So, right. So I'm going to read the questions and I'll let you answer it. That way the public knows what's being asked. So the first one is question to the engineer, Boulder Engineering Mass. Uh, can the ingress egress be designed to utilize the traffic signal of New Lombard Road? If not, what other possibilities can be presented that will not have severe traffic problems on Boston Road, on Burnett Road? Excuse me. May not be working. Sure. Is there you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If you can hear yourself, then it's good. Sure. Attorney Todd Broder from Fletcher Tilden here on behalf of the applicant on the project. Um, you know, we're putting up on the screen for you and for the benefit of those in the room and at home a revised site plan, which I think makes sense to talk about, and it certainly answers the question here about the entrance. So the highlights of the plan that are in front of you, which again, I would just reiterate, it's a concept site plan at this point, you know, detailed engineering plans get done once we get through this process. So things like utility locations and things like that are not on this particular plan, but this shows you where the building would go, where the parking spaces would go, where appropriate landscaping would be, and where the entrance drive is. So in this particular case, I think that the highlight you know, that answers this question is the access drive has been relocated on this site plan to line up with the traffic light and New Lombard Road. So that was a concern that was raised at the last hearing and you know, we're able to accommodate that and it works well with, with the uh, traffic in, moving in and out of the site, including the car carriers that would, would come to the site. The second highlight on this plan is a shrunken down building. So originally proposed, the building was 50,353 square feet. Uh, we were able to reduce this building down to 36,750 square feet. And that was done in, in coordination with Tesla and, and their operational plans for this particular site. And we do have several representatives from Tesla here tonight. And at appropriate times, I'm gonna ask them to answer questions and provide a little bit more color particular questions that we couldn't answer uh, with detail last time. So we do have a number of those folks you know, ready to go here. The third item I'd point out is the parking space number. Um, just wanna clarify the, the previous proposal had 395 parking spaces on there. I know a few different numbers have been tossed around here tonight. Um, it was never 480. I'm not really sure where that number came from, but that's okay. It was 395 that were on the initial plan. And this program does a couple of things. It pulls them back in particular areas where we can provide more, more contiguous green areas. So this plan shows you 310 parking spaces, so a reduction of 85 spaces from what was originally uh, discussed about a month or so ago. So a significant reduction in parking spaces. With the reduction in the building size, that comes with it a corresponding reduction in the amount of bays, service bays. So we had previously talked about 48 bays, and this plan 
has 20 bays associated with this particular program building. A significant reduction in the number of bays. The fifth thing that this site plan shows you, and this we can address in a little bit more detail in a minute, but I wanted to point it out while it was on the screen, is that the, the chargers are located in the back of the building, kind of top right of the building as you're looking at the particular screenshot that's on, on, on the screen right now. So that's top right behind the building. And again, we can provide a little more detail here, but those, those chargers are not for public use. They're not part of the, the network. And I'll let our, our, our Tesla representatives explain that in more detail in a minute, but they're not, they're not meant for public use. They're meant for use by folks that are on the site for other purposes. So that answers the question of access drive and provides you a little bit more color as, as we had that site plan up on the screen. I thought it was good to, to go through those items. Jim, thank you. And we may end up asking questions you already answered, but I'm sure. going to go through uh, Councilor Dobez's questions um, because, you know, it's what the right thing is to do. So the next one. So uh, entrance of property, I think we discussed that. Councilor Dobos, did that answer your questions about entrance? I'm sorry, Mr. Chairman. So some of these questions submitted are a, a collection from, from the residents. Okay. Uh, they're not all my questions specifically. Okay. Um, so number two's question is Tesla buying or leasing the property from the landowner? Okay. Sure. So this program here is that, you know, Scannell Properties is the, is the developer that is in, in arrangements to buy the particular property from the, from the property owner. Tesla would enter into a long-term lease arrangement and it would be a leased property from Tesla perspective. And then why does Tesla want to come to this location? Sure. I'm going to have one of our Tesla reps answer that question. <laughs> Hi everybody, Shane Hoey. I'm with uh, Tesla. I'm on our real estate team. Um, so in, in terms of why Tesla wants to come to this location, um, so if you look at kind of a, an overall Tesla network, there is what we call a big service desert um, in Western Massachusetts. So, so you know, the, Tesla would like to come to um, the Chicopee region because really we have an underserviced customer in this market. Um, customers that need to have their car service need to drive to, um, you know, a couple of hours. Yeah, so customers that own Teslas right now need, need to drive a significant distance to have their, their car serviced. Um, additionally, you know, this is a great opportunity for us to bring the- Back up the mic a little bit, your air is causing the static. <laughs> We can talk louder, but farther away. <laughs> Bring um, EVs to Western Massachusetts. So um, this is this location is is primarily for those in Western Massachusetts. Um, we have plans to open up other locations um, in Connecticut, um, also uh, west of Boston. Um, so this, you know, I, I know one of the concerns was that you know this location was going to be having folks come from all over the state um, for service or delivery of their vehicles. Um, this location is intended just for Western Massachusetts. Other than tax revenue, how does this project benefit the Burnett Road area? 
Right. That's yeah. Sort of for you, and I think um, the way I would answer it is this: location is going to produce about 35 new jobs. Really, all Burnett Road residents. I understand that, but it is a community impact that is, I think, a benefit, you know, to the city, as well as the increased commercial tax revenue, which typically does not come with it. A lot of services, you know, sure, water, sewer, and electric, but you know, no school children. There's no, there's no, uh, you know, other, other services that the city, you know, provides typically to a, you know, for instance, a, a large uh, residential subdivision. This provides development of an underutilized site. I think that is a benefit to the neighborhood. It will help, we think, with the traffic because of our turning at the traffic light instead of turning somewhere else. Um, interesting concept about the, the, the side road there that is unfinished. I would say that is something that could be addressed if that was of, of the best design and impact. Um, I think that to me is a process that we planning board about if we get to that point with site plan approval. Um, I imagine that's where we're going to be talking about a peer review traffic study if that was so chosen by by the city, which we don't have any any problem uh, agreeing to. You know, we did do the traffic impact analysis, which is a traffic study, um, and it does does show actual actual counts. And it does have to use standard industry information, but you know, we do have we do have a, a, a goal here to not impact the the traffic in the area, and we think those arrangements that have been made with the traffic light do do. Tax benefit is, is is probably the main benefit, but um, there are some other benefits. So the next question was, why do they need 480 plus parking spots on the lot? So we obviously you answered that. So just one more time. So how many parking spaces are is there planned on this? Sure. So the, the site plan that we we're showing up on the screen has 310 spaces. There was 24 bays. How many bays? How many bays in site? 20. 20? Do you intend to make this a holding place for new cars to be at other locations? Uh, no, this will not be a holding location for um, cars from other locations. It'll be specifically for this facility. And charging stations, why so many? And will they be 24 hours a day? Yeah, so, so with the charging stations, um, we pointed them out there. They're kind of the top right portion of this building. Um, those are not public facing. Those charging stations are for customers that are either picking up their car after it's been serviced um, or prior to picking up their car for delivery. So there will be two superchargers and then the remainder of the chargers are what we would call level two chargers, which is you know similar to what you would have in your house. Um, it, they, those do not show up on the Tesla network. So if you were to go and search for a supercharger of where you could charge your vehicle, those would not show up on those. Um, in addition, you know, we, we do and can place signage um, for those that makes it clear that those are not for public use, but they're only for uh, Tesla employees. Will they be shut off during non-business hours? Will they be shut off during non-business hours so that they can't be used? Um, I, actually, I do not know the answer to that question. I'm not going to do that. All right. So number eight, parts department. How many deliveries will they be getting a week from Tesla? Um, so for the parts, we we get 
uh, roughly one delivery a day, um, and that comes on a, a you know a tractor trailer for our parts department, um, and then for deliveries, which is a, a car hauler that carries all of the the Teslas, um, we get up to three delivery trucks a day. Um, batteries, how many on hand, and where will they be stored? Hello. My name is Brandon Lefebvre. I'm a fire protection engineer for Tesla. Can you repeat the question one more time, please? How many batteries will be on hand and where will they be stored? Batteries will not be stored on hand long term. They'll be ordered on an as-needed basis. There will be temporary storage while they're being repaired. They'll be stored inside the facility. These batteries come in a low state of charge in a flame retardant uh, packaging. The building will be protected by an automatic sprinkler system that's designed to handle this commodity classification. Okay, so fire protection, what is in their plan on having something on property in case of fire? So can you want to elaborate on that a little bit or is it? Yeah, so, so we keep a couple uh, things on site. We have fire blankets that are specifically designed by Bridge Hill to uh, snuff out a car fire in the event uh, of any fire that we would have. Um, as well as that overhead sprinkler system. We also have standards in place, such as a 50-foot isolation requirement for any vehicle that comes in with a damaged path. Um, statistically speaking, uh, out of every 210 million miles traveled, there is a Tesla fire, whereas in all other vehicles, that average is 19 million miles traveled. Used cars for sale. They told us there would be very few cars on the lot for sale. Yeah, so um, on, on occasion, there would be used cars, um, and they would only be used Teslas. Um, and so that would be something that you could go and look on the Tesla website and see if there were any used cars available, um, but they would only be Teslas. So if you were to trade in um, you know, an ICE vehicle, that would get delivered off-site, and, and no non-Tesla vehicles would be available for sale on the site. Uh, service department, will they be servicing other vehicles besides Teslas? And this means not just trade-in vehicles, but will they be opening repairs for and car brands? Uh, we will not, know. only Teslas. Are you looking for a TIF or a tax agreement? We are not. Will there need to be specialized storage facilities for the batteries themselves? Read them. So. <laughs> you know, you're, it's redundant on some of these, unfortunately, but we didn't get these ahead of time. That's all right. Um, no, there's no spe specific or special facility where battery packs are stored. Then, how will the batteries be disposed of, and how often? Batteries are disposed of as on an as-needed basis. Uh, we average less than one battery pack replacement per week per facility. These battery packs are discharged, stored outside, and then sent out daily to remanufacturing. Will there be used tires be stored and how will they be disposed of? Used tires will be stored in the exterior of the building uh, with 50-foot clearance to all lot line structures as is required by fire code. They will be picked up weekly or more frequently if needed, depending on how many waste tires we have stored up and sent out for disposal. How big will the buffer be around the property to protect the Chicopee State Park and Chicopee's only vernal pool? Um, yeah. 
Sure, I can answer that. So the the buffer is greater than 100 feet, and it's that's you know as as per regulation, and certainly we'll be working with Conservation Commission to to deal with any impacts that are felt greater than 100 feet. All right, thank you. Uh, will vehicles be loaded and unloaded in the front, back, or sides of the property? And what is the noise level of these car carriers carriers in the loading and unloading process? Um, if you pull up the other exhibit, um, the vehicle, the trucks will um, come through the main entrance, obviously, and then swing around to the back and unload in the back, um, and they will be offloaded uh, back to the building. You have control over when they're delivered as far as off-peak, non-peak times, that to not impact the traffic. So you have ability to control when those trucks deliver the cars. As far as, I mean, maybe a third-party carrier, but can you have them come in? Eight o'clock at night when it's not busy, or four o'clock in the morning when it's not busy, or is it you're restricted on the companies themselves? No, the delivery vehicles um, we do have control over, and they they can't show up um, outside of operational hours. Last question on our list here. Not oh, wait, two more. Burnett Road and Johnny Cake Hollow Road intersection extending to the road just past the Westfield Bank and Dunkin' Donuts is very tight and congested. What traffic remediation and safety precautions have been made for the arrival and departure of the large car carrier vehicles? So, Mr. Chairman, I think I would answer that by saying the traffic, you know, study didn't looked at the the intersections around there in the in the streets here, and we have a truck turning radius which shows you know we can make movements you know, at the intersection without a problem. And then are the car carriers Tesla owned or a third party? Um, they're a third party. All right, so I will open up any questions to the counselors. Councilor Lopez. So I, I thank you for responding to all of these questions. I think that this is part of what's important about the process, making sure that we have open communication, particularly with the residents that live in that neighborhood. Um, in the prior meetings, I had mentioned the superchargers, and I'm sorry that that was opening up a can of worms, but I'm really not sorry because I, I, I'm welcoming of these kinds of conversations. I like to hear that they're going to be off of the network, and I know for some people there were questions about what that means. Um, so I'm a little familiar, so I will talk about it a little bit and let them answer if they would like to. So this changes my concern from the first meeting. During the first meeting, they had indicated that there would be multiple superchargers on location and could not tell us whether they would be part of the network or not. And so when a supercharger shows up on the network, that means that anybody who is traveling through can access it and knows it's there, right? Most of the times it's folks that are may not be from the area who would end up using the supercharger. By them not being a part of the network, that means that folks, unless you live on Burnett Road and know those superchargers are there, you wouldn't even know that they're available for use, right? And so it's not something that they can just turn on or off. It's like a plug that just kind of exists. It's supercharged. Most locations don't turn them off after business hours. But by them not being part of the network itself, it's not going to be used in the way that was concerning to me before. Um, even if they remain on for 24 hours at the end of the day, the only people who would be using it are people in the neighborhood with a Tesla anyways that, during those hours because they're the only ones that would know it's there. Yeah. And to add to that, um, our 
operations team, they do not want any any local customers using them. Um, they're going to actively prevent happening. They're a critical operation to the business. All of those available to our business part, our employees. That that does alleviate for me at least mm -hmm. the concern of having a constant flow of on the network superchargers. That's not a location for that. We already have some of those at the big Y and Chickabee. We don't need another location of those. Thank you. Videos? How's it going? I can get this to not go crazy. I'm sorry. Is your big next personality? Do you want to try and raise that phone? That one. Hear me okay? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, I want to I want to thank um, I want to thank Tesla for uh, for showing up and being polite with the board and answering our questions. I appreciate that a lot. Um, thank you for taking the time to answer all of those questions. And also, I want a huge thank you to uh, both Tesla and um, Bob Bolduck for uh, reducing the size of this development. Uh, that's quite significant. Uh, Forty-eight bays down to twenty, uh, and. Uh, I can't remember the original square footage, but down to 36,500, the building is uh, roughly, it looks like half the size uh, what it used to be. Um, so I appreciate that a lot. Um, uh, and I just want to remind uh, my constituents that things like the hours of operation and outside storage will be discussed and licensed, uh, I'm assuming. So just so that people are aware of that. Um, yeah, so I appreciate that a lot. I mean, my biggest concern, uh, the entrance and exit uh, at the traffic light, Nolan Lombard Road and Burnett Road, it looks like they're willing to uh, comply with that. Um, and then uh, I've just asked the committee to make conditions that of things they've already agreed to, um, you know, 310 parking spaces. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it, it might be, it, it's still a little bit big, but, um, you know, they've, they've came a long way. They've reduced the size by about 20%. So I appreciate that a lot. Uh, the 36 1,500 square foot building, uh, the uh, 20 bays maximum, the uh, six charging stations, and then I would ask the deliveries uh, outside of the main traffic uh, hours so they don't back up with the with the truck stop. I'm going to ask those uh, conditions of the committee. Um, you know, I know uh, my constituents. It's you know we're always concerned with development on Burnett Road, but I do appreciate that the applicant uh, was willing to uh, development downsize their development. Excuse me. Councilor Lopez, second time. Um, so I, I thank you, Councilor Dobas, for your advocacy for your residents, um, always. I, I will say that given those restrictions, the delivery one, um, they indicated that it would only be about three trucks a day that are doing deliveries. And so I heed against putting those kind of restrictions on three trucks, right? Like if they were saying that they were getting 40 trucks or, you know, 20 trucks a day, for me, that feels like something that we should restrict. But three trucks are not going to back up traffic in that way. And the beauty of a permit like this coming back to can come back to the board at any time if necessary, right? We can recall a permit. Um, so I, I would heed against that specific delivery one because three trucks really is not is not going to make much of a of a difference. And I would rather folks be able to get the parts that they need to if one truck is not going to change the traffic a little more. Right. That there was delivery of the Tesla vehicles it had nothing to do with the one tractor trailer for parts. Delivery of those car carriers. Right. So there's only three. Right, what you're talking about parts, they won't, well, it's not the same thing. Well, deliveries in general, what he's asking for restrictions would be deliveries in general, so that would be both just parts car and carriers. just car. Okay, so if there's only three car carriers, though, again, like three cars a day is not going to impact the overall 
image of what traffic looks like with the amount of cars that actually travel through the road. And so I urge against those kind of restrictions on three vehicles. Like if they had told us that each car would come on an individual tractor trailer, right? Or like an individual vehicle and they would be 40 vehicles in one day, like then I would get that. But three, and you know, I, I try to be as fair as possible and I hear the residents, I hear the traffic concerns, but three trucks, if we're being realistic, three trucks are not going to back up Burner Road for hours at a time. You know, like if they're, if, if in good faith, they're telling us that it's three and I see the residents nodding. If in good faith, they tell us that it's only three of them, you know, that's, that's not a lot. I, I urge us against putting unnecessary restrictions on this permit. And I feel like that would be an unnecessary restriction. On these trucks, how many cars, how many cars are on a one truck? And depending on the truck. Also, uh, what was the buffer again? More than a hundred feet. Also, have you spoken to anybody from the fire department? Uh, trucks uh, coming in. All your employees and the business. And their Sure. We, well, we fully anticipate, you know, through site plan review process that we would be talking with the fire department about any of their particular concerns or any other department that has a particular concern. It's duly noted, you know, your biggest truck should be able to make its way through, through the site. We've run the template for the truck carriers and they make it through the site. Our trucks would have no problem. We have, you know. No, we don't have, there's some big. But we, we certainly will run that down and, and process that through when we are doing our site plan. The lead question. They've already been requested by the fire department to submit that information. Yeah, through the chair to our attorney. Um, if we didn't have to have a special permit uh, for the moratorium, would we be here tonight discussing a moratorium or would it be taken up in uh, SPRAC review? My understanding is that they would, it is a by right use, so they would go directly to the SPRAC review. Uh, Attorney Garvey is correct. So these are the, the two zoning districts that exist on the property, um, a car dealership, car sales, and repairs are by right uses in both of those districts. So, but for the Burnett Road chapter, um, had this project come in without that existing, this would have gone straight to first the Conservation Commission for review uh, for protection of the vernal pool. That's their jurisdiction. Um, and then it would go to the planning board for both preliminary and definitive site plan review. Uh, so as I mentioned at your previous hearing, um, you're reviewing an illustration tonight. It has not been reviewed by police, fire, engineering, DPW, water, sewer. Um, so I would caution the board to be very careful with the conditions that you place on the project because the boards with jurisdiction over the specifics of the layout and design are gonna have their say, and I can guarantee you that the illustration you saw tonight will change once we get the professional opinion of our police department, our fire department, and our other departments that are part of the SPRAC committee. Um, so what you see tonight is not necessarily what is going to be approved when it gets through the site plan review process. I can't tell you right now how the Conservation Commission is going to respond to the NOI, um, if there are any specific requirements, they're going to be looking for protecting that particular vernal pool. 
Um, and I don't know yet um, what the planning board is going to be looking for, as they have not seen this either. Um, so just know that that is not a final design. It's a it's graphic tonight. Um, and then the boards that have review process will get through their process um, once the council's done with the special permit. So following up with what you just said, so you're saying that that can be changed. How can that be changed? And do we then need to actually put specific uh, restrictions on size, for example? Like, can it be changed to add parking spaces? We would not want that. Well, that is that has been uh, my professional struggle with the Burnett Road chapter. Um, so when you have a buy right use, um, applicants are asked to um, comply with the zoning code and with the adopted site plan regulations for the city. You are looking through this process to put conditions on that buy right use without me being able to tell you if that complies with our site plan regulations and our zoning code because it hasn't been reviewed yet. And we can't expect an applicant to come in with a significant project like this, fully engineer plans to go through site plan review only to be denied the special permit under the moratorium chapter and then be out that significant investment. Um, so that has been one of the pain points with this is that it, it's not following our traditional process, which has often been referred to as quite efficient um, uh, through very a large number of projects, even with my predecessor, Kate Brown, when she was here. Um, so that's why I caution the board to be very careful with what you're conditioning because I don't know what the police and fire chiefs are going to say when they see this plan. Um, they're going to probably want to review with their counterparts in other communities that might have a Tesla dealership or another EV dealership to see what they asked for in a site plan so that they can better respond. Um, we just haven't gotten there yet because this is the first roadblock in that process. What I'm gathering from what you're saying is to be careful with the restrictions. However, I would also urge us, even though we're being careful with the restrictions, I mean, part of the whole reason why we're having this conversation is to ensure that there, the building is not bigger than what we wanted, you know, that there are not more spaces than what we wanted. Part of the reason why there's a moratorium on this area is because traffic is so bad, right? And so, yes, let's be careful about the restrictions. However, there do need to be some restrictions then because what I'm hearing is if we don't put them and we just say, okay, yes, this looks good. Without restrictions, this could change in the opposite direction of what we would want as a board collectively. I would just caution you. So uh, uh, the, the ma uh, parking maximum is actually a great conversation that we should have a, at a different time. The struggle is your zoning code right now, the ordinance as it is written, establishes parking minimums. Even the planning board does not have the authority to set a parking maximum because your ordinances don't read that way. And you don't have a single precedent for another project where you have said that there is a parking maximum. The maximum size of the building is set by the zoning ordinance. So if you're going to make that smaller than what the zoning ordinance says, you are being inconsistent with the city's zoning ordinance. Um, so, you know, the, the size of the parcel and the setback requirements and meeting the parking needs often informs how big the actual structure can be. So there's a number of formulas that are being run at the same time. Um, but in this case, I would just caution you, there, even the planning board doesn't set a maximum. It's set by the zoning code. That is the guiding document. Um, so if you're going to set a maximum, know that, one, you're probably considering a new precedent here, and it would be questionable because you don't have a precedent of doing that. 
when the zoning code says how you get to the maximum size of a building. And I, I mean, I, that, I, I agree to a certain extent with that, right? Because the whole point of setting precedent is that it hasn't been done before, right? And so there are going to be situations in which we have to set precedent, and that's just a reality. The reason why we're here is because this isn't an area where there's a moratorium. So we can't treat this in the same way that we would treat any other parcel in any other location of the city, because there's a reason why there's a moratorium to begin with. So although I hear you, I, that's by definition what precedent is, right? We're setting, whether we decide that we want to set a maximum for this one, then that might mean the building needs to be shrunk because it might not meet the minimum at some point. And I get that that might be a pain point for Tesla, and I'm sorry if it is, I'm, but I'm I understand. Even, I'm not even concerned about it being a pain point for Tesla. I'm saying it's legally questionable for the board to set a maximum building size when it's based on the dimensional requirements of the ordinance that you pass through a public process. And, I, and I, I would urge us to think about how that may be true, but that may be a little different in an area where we have a moratorium and that's why we're looking at it to begin with. So that might be the case anywhere else in the city, but not in this particular area because there's a moratorium, because we have traffic issues. There's a purpose for the moratorium. The other areas in the city don't have that. Therefore, if we set precedent in this area, I would argue that although for some it might be legally confusing and they might be like, well, this is precedent that's being set. Yeah, but we're setting precedent for a reason. And I would think that there is valid reason to set precedent in an area where there's an existing moratorium. And although that moratorium may be, you know, a pain point for some departments when they're doing their jobs, I get that at the end of the day, it's there for a reason, right? It's there to protect the traffic in that, res in that residential area. Mr. Chairman, I might. Good point, and it's a dialogue. I would just tell you that from the perspective of the applicant, willing to agree on building size and the, in the parking space allocation as we talk about. Um, I question, we, we intend to use the, the traffic light there for the entrance exit with the discussion about the other road, not sure. Committee wants to go as far as to say that's where the entrance exit is, or if you want to leave that to planning board for, for later discussion or with you know with your various public safety departments. Um, but just to help you, I think you know we'd be willing to agree to the certainly the maximum building size and maximum. And I, I appreciate that, but I think from our perspective, like that needs to still be like an in writing uh, restriction, whether it sets precedent or not, because we can't just take your word for it and then turn around. Like, and that's not me trying to be distressing; it's just the reality of the process. Sure, and I think you're issuing a special condition, a special permit, which you could do with conditions. As you legally on that, but that's you know. I do know. Right. <laughs> Thank you. And I agree, and that's the only reason I'm was going to put it in here is because this is something we've already agreed on today. So there's no battle over it. We're, exactly. we're accepting your offer right. to us at the end I mean, of the we, day. We came so I don't see the precedent as much as it's just an agreement at this point. It's not a precedent. We, we, we've we accepted heard the your concerns. agreement. We were trying to be responsive right. to the concerns so, raised. This is our you know, kind of compromise solution on plan, and we can agree to that. It is precedent, but it's precedent it's, to an agreement. Honestly, we want to agree in this way to, with businesses. Right. So There's no great challenge involved. Exactly. So, for once, yes. <laughs> Councilor Lafam. Yeah. Need a mic. I'll talk loud. You mentioned earlier about the uh, batteries outside storage. How long did it? 
So batteries that, are, that will be stored outside have been completely discharged. So while the, the, charge, the state of charge is, is how much energy is contained within the pack, and a pack at no state of charge is not at risk of a fire event. Fire mentioned most of all of our. Need a microphone. Uh, well, Zoom can't, and the recording can't. Um, usually, in all our meetings, we um, one of the conditions we put on all our licenses is no st uh, storage outside. You know, to make the place look good. Um, that's part of my concern. Would they be outside in a container, or would they be outside piled up along the building? I know there's not going to be many. But if, you, if it's going to have a beautiful building in that, you, I don't understand why you wouldn't have something. When you say you're putting them outside. Yes. So, so we use a three-sided non-combustible metal shed to shield them from view. Okay. So it would be like in a three-sided shed. Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you. And, and again, I'm, I'm going to agree with uh, Councilor Lopez. You know, we're working in everyone else. This is a special permit. So at any time, any of these rules uh, that are, have been violated, we have the right to bring them back in. So um, just understand when we do the final, um, and they, they don't uh, follow all the, the rules, especially from the SPRAC review, we have the right to pull, the, pull, the per, pull them in for the violations and their permit. And I don't think we have too many times we have to do that. Very rarely do that. we do that because of the um, idea years ago when we, we never had the SPRAC review. It was always send it to each department, they would give it to us. But with the uh, planning department putting all the people together, fire, police, traffic, engineering, everybody together, we get a good result from them of, at least for me as a city councilor, I get good results of how I should vote um, and consider the, the residents, I get that, but also knowing the safety, if they're selling me as professionals, what their outcome is. So um, those are my two questions, so thank you. Is everybody on Zoom with questions? Through the chair to lead. I'll get to you. Through the chair to lead. Just one question. Just so the audience knows, this is strictly a concept up on that picture there. Am I correct? That's correct. So it's subject to change in the future. It will change in the future. We shouldn't put any restrictions on it. Is that what you're saying? You should be extremely limited in my recommendation. And that's simply because with an NOI to the Conservation Commission, the commission is going to have a, a public debate. Um, and work with the applicant on how to best protect the vernal pool and any other resource areas. That may shift the arrangement of the parking areas, uh, which is going to change this plan. And then when we get to site plan review, when the planning board um, gets a SPRAC report from our reviewing department, there may be other portions of our site plan regulations that need to be addressed that aren't reflected yet in uh, this, uh, this concept plan. Uh, so there may be additional changes that come out of our formal review process uh, as the planning board looks to uh, uh, approve the final plans. Uh, so there will likely be many changes to this once all of our utilities and public safety and everyone has a chance to weigh in. So when this concept is up, or whatever you want to call it, will it come back to us at some point in time again? No. No, okay. If you if you if the council grants a special permit, um, then this project will then follow the normal process with the conservation commission and the planning board. 
Thank you. Hello. <laughs> Thank you, Councillor Crochet. Um, so wrapping this up to a degree, because we have the moratorium, this is the necessity for this meeting, is that correct? Exactly. Uh, Planning Director Pouliot? Yes, the only reason the council is seeing this project is because it falls within the boundaries of the moratorium area of Burnett Road. Otherwise, this would have been exclusively a Conservation Commission and Planning Board review process. So if it was gonna be exclusively the conservation and the planning board, does that mean that this board would have never, ever have seen this? That's correct. Unless they needed relief from minimum parking requirements, um, that would be the only other reason I could see for um, this applicant needing a special permit or if they wanted to do a digital billboard sign, which this body has seen many times before. Uh, but otherwise, this is a standard site plan development um, that we have seen multiple times that have just gone through the regular process with the Conservation Commission and the Planning Board. So the benefit in regards to the moratorium in Burnett Road, which is heavily traveled, the benefit here is that the public has another way of expressing themselves and another way to learn about this development. Is that correct? I suppose it's based on your perspective, Councillor. Um, there'll be a minimum of three public hearings between the Conservation and the Planning Board for this to receive final approval to go to construction. Um, the caveat here being is how many additional steps does the Council place on by right development of property per the zoning code, which has been my major concern. Well, I'm very happy that uh, Councillor Lopez and Councillor Dobas have brought up so many important issues because that's not only educating the public, but it's also educating the, the city council in regards to what's going up there. And that's an important piece in regards to as we address our constituents. This is a big move as far as bringing in a development that is going to service electronic vehicles, which again is uh, what we've been told the way of the future. But I, I applaud Councillor Dobas in what he's trying to do is to make sure that the public and the dealership work together so that this can be a successful process. And I also applaud Councillor Dobas for the moratorium because if it wasn't for his efforts to get that moratorium, this meeting would have never have taken place. The dialogue and what is needed in order for this to be a successful project. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very happy um, that it came to a special permit to have the meeting because if we hadn't had the first meeting, you know, we gave them the first shot at hearing what the public was concerned about and what they came back with, uh, you know, was quite a large uh, change uh, in their infrastructure. Um, and I know we shouldn't put the restriction on where the... Uh, uh, entrance and exit should be. I think the fire department might have a say in that, um, you know, so we might want to hold off on that. But I'm happy that those questions got answered and that they did a lot of homework in the last month based on the first uh, special permit that we had. Um, so I'm kind of very happy that they did hear the public and uh, they are you know, already making concessions. So uh, thank you. I might. So I appreciate your commitment to the city because a lot of people would just challenge us and fought us and we end up in court later on. But your, 
want to come to the city bad enough to work with the residents to work with us and you know i appreciate that you just didn't pick up and go somewhere else because probably is somewhere else you can go you know i'm sure there's a lot of <laughs> several phone you know after right so so i thank you for your commitment to us and your residents behind you that will be your constituents someday hopefully or your uh your you know potential customers um but you know so i appreciate that and it's probably the first time we're going to put special uh, conditions that we've already agreed upon that you presented to us, which is pretty unique for us. And we usually have a lot of going back and then lawyers down the road. So I appreciate your commitment to the city because businesses are the key to keeping taxes stabilized in the city. There's more of a time we say no to businesses, that means the residents hurt in the long run. So I thank you again for your commitment to the city. Uh, we look forward to the process and you coming on board. Um, the only thing I would ask as far as the entrance and exit, because really that's gonna come up to engineering, fire and all that, is I would put in here just to consider Johnny Cake Hollow. So if it makes sense to all the other parties and you and it works best for everybody, then at least consider that. I don't think we should make it a, a rule because it may go against what the fire department wants or engineering wants. We're not those people. We don't know. We're not into that point of the process. So I would add just for that is just to consider it because if it makes sense for you, you know, if it, if you know the residents want it. And I, from what I've seen today, if it works and makes sense to you, you're, you're going to do it. You know, because it's just going to make your life easier too, probably if it circumvents that light where, you know, I don't have the placement in my head where it is, but, you know, it seems pretty, uh, you know, if it works, it works. And uh, there's a lot of different factors. I mean, you know, public safety, first right. and foremost, is utility of the site, it's, it's truck. Mm -hmm. like that, right. I can't answer. Right. As engineering changes your plans and all these other departments change your plans, it may turn out to be the right decision. But so I'm just going to ask you to consider it, and I'll just put that as a stipulation to consider it, not to do it, obviously, because we don't, we could be putting something that you can't do. You know, the engineering and fire and all that may say, no, that's not, a, you know, so then that whole process starts over again, and we're looking to get this moving for you. Yep. Yeah. So just to go back to the conditions, I think Noah suggested, suggested was a, a horizon parking. I don't mind the consideration of the other. Of the vehicles is another question. I don't think I want to have that conditioned at this time for a variety of different reasons, but one of them is I have heard in other locations, not for Tesla, but other clients, that they don't want deliveries to occur you know, at night. It was loud for neighbors. Or exactly. No, we'd true. rather not have an imposition of a actually make things worse for. And I agree. And like Council Lopez says, it's three trucks. Yeah, three in a row probably would be eh, for a few minutes, but three trucks. <laughs> you know, it's really not horrible. There's quite a you bit know. of room on the site when you get on the site. Have if you had multiple on, right. that would be. And we're not so much concerned about the site as much as the traffic it holds up or you know backs up. So again, three is pretty minimal. I was pretty happy to hear you said three. Um, so, is there anybody else for public input? Or Councilor Zagrowski, go ahead. Just a question to the attorney here. Where do these, when you talk these trailer trucks with car carriers, where are they coming from? Any idea? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would hope that three are not going to come in at one time, but I'm just curious where they're coming from if you're putting them together in Chicopee. No, no, no. They're coming yeah, from a manufacturer. They're not manufacturing the cars here. They're I know that. That's why I won't go with Nobody sure. knows? <laughs> Nobody knows? 
But maybe someday you can tell us. They'll be coming from the from the factories. So the Austin um, is the closest location. Where, what's the um, closest? Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Thank you. That answers my question. Thank you. Third and final. Um, I, I, I want to echo Councillor Cushane's comments about coming to the table and being willing to agree. I knew that this was kind of like throwing a wrench at your plan when we initially even asked to postpone this, your willingness to answer the questions and bring your whole team here. Um, I think that is a good indicator to the neighborhood that you're willing to be good neighbors. So despite wanting to have the business here in Chicopee like Councillor Cushane, I would also add that you want to be a part of the community in a healthy way. Um, even now when we brought up that maybe I said we should have restricted the, the trucks, right? And you were like, well, actually that might cause noise at night. That wasn't even something we had said at the table, but you were already thinking about the impact in the neighborhood that you would have. And I think that that at least makes me feel a little bit more at ease about having such a big development come in from the get-go, you are showing that you want to be a good neighbor, and that is appreciated. I, unlike what some people might believe, I don't believe that Burnett Road wants no redevelopment. I, I don't believe that. I do believe that they want a safe neighborhood. They want a neighborhood where they can go in and know that they're not going to be stuck in traffic for three hours because there are 30 trucks coming with cars, right? That they're at, at 10 o'clock at night, it's not going to be super loud, right? And so you're coming in with the intentions of being a good neighbor, and I do appreciate that. And I appreciate the redevelopment in this area because it is very much needed across the City. Burnett Road is not an exception to that, so thank you. Okay, um, if that's everybody from the council, I'll, I'll be super, super brief. Uh, okay, yeah, I just wanted to echo that I, again. I want to thank the applicant uh, for, for working with uh, the, the neighborhood. Um, I didn't expect tonight to be a debate about the, uh, the moratorium. Uh, you know, I just like to defend, you know, that is our legislative right to have the moratorium. Uh, and, uh, you know, I hope our, our city council attorney defends that. That is our legislative right. And, um, you know, if we if we strike the delivery uh, uh, condition, it's the will of the committee. That's fine. Um, but I just wanted to point out that the other conditions that I've asked for are, are things that we we agree on. So I just wanted the committee to understand that. And um, you know, we, the conditions are, are maximum, right? So we're telling the planning board, okay, the city council approved this development. You know, a maximum building size of 36,500 square feet. You know, the, the the planning board should be able to work with that, right? They should be able to turn the building or whatever they want to do, right? Uh, whatever site plans they want within the building, restrictions within the building. Uh, I don't understand why there'd be pushback from the planning board with, with basic conditions. Uh, I understand that the traffic light, you know, maybe the Johnny K. Caller might be better than the Lombard Road or Burnett Road. I, I'm okay with that, you know, one or the other. Um, but I just, uh, I just wanted to say that on the record that um, I want to thank the applicant. You know, this, these are things that we've agreed on. Um, you know, the residents have, 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 given up a little bit and the applicant has given up given up a little bit so i just wanted the committee to be more comfortable with imposing these conditions thank you sure. the, on the building size the, the plan has thirty six thousand seven hundred. Oh, i'm sorry thirty seven thousand very small difference but um we don't right i'll round up to make it yeah. a little bit easier a few feet isn't gonna show up um so we have not closed public input. Is there anybody else for public input that may have a question based on what was said? Just state your name. Address for the record, three minutes or less. Yeah, David, excuse me, David Amell, I want 72 Fairway Drive. Um, sorry I'm late. Um, you guys have probably said a lot of what's going on. I'm definitely opposed to this, and everybody up in Ward 6 is opposed to this. We're not opposed to a dealership but the size of this dealership, forget it. It's way out of control. 
there's a lot of things that are being pushed on this project that you counselors probably don't even know about. And it's being pushed by certain departments, which isn't right. I'm all for a car dealership, but guess what? Tesla has been refused in over eight communities within New England so far. So why are they coming to Chicopee? There's gotta be some kind of reason, whether it's tax incentives that they're gonna get from us, which we know that's gonna happen, and a lot of other things. But please vote this down until they change plans to make a smaller dealership. Thank you. Yeah. Linda Plant, 71 Angela Drive. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to listen to the questions and you know, it gives us a chance to ask other questions. One thing as a resident that really irritates me personally is when we come to these meetings, I take these meetings for a reason because I listen to what people say and I, I, can, I can play it back and listen to what they say. So when someone tells you at a meeting ago there's 480 parking spaces, I have it on tape that you said there's 480 parking spaces. So there's a trust issue right there with me personally. That's not very good. Okay. Because that's one of the reasons why I tape these things because taping a conversation and writing notes down after are two different things because a note taker can write whatever they want. Okay. We haven't discussed business hours. I know that was a topic last time. It was never a topic this time. Um, I'm going to show you a map of Tesla. My wife and I had a chance to take a ride within the last, between the last meeting and today to one of their, centers okay so this is a map of massachusetts and you'll see that the farthest service center from springfield is 105 miles okay here's all their locations so it doesn't take two hours for people to become to here so you're less than an hour away so to tell people here to mislead them and say well the people it's gonna be two hours away why would they want to come here it's only an hour away 90 miles 80 miles uh, 95 miles this is a neutral location is what they want to do okay let me show you a picture of the one in Watertown that my wife and I actually viewed. So we viewed the one in Watertown. And one of the things that bothers me as Mr. LaFlam brought this up, which is interesting, is storage, outside storage. Tesla batteries are pretty huge, okay? They're basically the whole bottom of the car, okay? This is some pictures of the location in Watertown, Mass. There's crates outside, stuff on top of the crates, who knows what they are. That doesn't look like a contained thing for batteries to me, does it? There's one. That's Watertown. This is Warwick. I really can't show you much in Warwick other because it's a mall, but there's stuff in the back. Same, same scenario. So to say that, you know, they're going to store everything properly, I don't see it so far unless they're going to do something totally different. Um, is Tesla getting a tax credit from the government by coming to Chicopee? It, it, are they getting a tax credit from the government? They might be. Um, one of the things that concerns me also, too, is the fact that the property owner Okay, knows the people of Burnett Road, knows that we've complained about traffic issues. That same property owner is trying to sell his property to Tesla, allowed us to put signs on his property to stop a truck stop. That's pretty interesting as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Um, and I have one more question, and this is going to be addressed to the attorney. Okay. I'd like to know exactly what this commission is voting on tonight. Voting on whether or not to grant the special permit. Okay, so basically all this conversation has been great conversation, a lot of back and forth, a lot of input, but based on the charter, they have not provided a traffic study. 
It specifically says, and I'm going to read it again, okay? Per code 275-9. Your I'll let you wrap it up. Pardon me? Your time's up, but I'll let you a chance to get it wrapped up. Okay, I, I just, this was going to end up okay. So basically, at this point, you can't approve anything. They have not provided a traffic study. They provided a traffic assessment based on some formula they use, like the truck stop tried to use, and we all knew that was wrong. But based on Article 275.9, in addition to a special permit submission requirements of the City of Chickamauga Code, all special permit applications shall be accompanied by a traffic study. So as far as I'm concerned, this meeting tonight was basically an informational meeting, and nothing should be approved here tonight. Thank you. To the chair. Um, can you elaborate on that, please? That's a decision of the council, the committee, to decide whether or not it's a traffic study. Mr. Chairman, yeah, there's a pretty significant traffic impact assessment report that was submitted as part of the application. Traffic, I'll let, I'll let Scott Thornton, the, the traffic engineer, explain to you exactly what's in there. Uh, Name and address for the record. Yeah, sure. Scott Thornton with Vanessa Associates, um, traffic consultants for the project. Uh, so, so what was prepared is a traffic study. There's traffic counts in there. There's an assessment of the of the impact of the project, and in fact, you know the 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 Massachusetts Department of Transportation uh, guidelines are they don't reference traffic studies, they reference transportation impact assessments, which is what this is. So it's a it's a study. Thank you. Can I just ask a sure. um, In regards to what was read to us with the ordinance and a traffic study, not a traffic analysis, does that, per the ordinance, have to be done by the city? To counselor, through the chair to counselor, um, attorney Garvey. No, the traffic study is provided by the applicant. And my understanding is that was submitted to the city at the time the application was submitted. So the traffic study that's been submitted to us is in compliance with the ordinance. Correct. Through the, through the chair to the attorney, if I may. I believe in transparency, and this is a transparency moment. This assessment, we did not realize that we actually needed to fully review that assess that study before. Um, we've not seen that study. That study was on the desk today, and none of the counselors at this table have actually reviewed that assessment. And so with that information, are we negligent? And I believe we are. I think the answer to this is yes, but I want the attorney to say this. Are we negligent to approve this special permit knowing that None of us at this table have reviewed that traffic study because it was not in the hands of any of us on this committee. I believe it was in the city council office, or at least, am I right? It was in the city council office for None your of review. Us notified. None of us have seen it. None of us have read it. It's my first time laying eyes on that. That's completely up to your discretion of the committee. Again, this is just a recommending body. It will not be going before the full council for a full two weeks. So 
So if you think you need more time to review it than the two weeks, you certainly can. That's completely within your discretion. Motion to postpone to the call of the chair. I, I do personally believe on my own morals and principles. Okay. Can I ask a question? So just so we know, would we want, uh, you're going to call the chair and recall another one just to review this at the moment. That's your concern. Uh, we haven't, it's a very thick study no, I, and we I'm haven't not, seen yeah, it. I see it too. Uh, I'm not questioning. I'm questioning just so that they don't need to bring, is that the thing that's going to hold your vote or, or does he need to bring all these folks back here? That's the point I'm making. Half of these people are not uh, having to no, do with No, no. Like for, for, for my end, it's not about you need to bring this whole team, right? Like you've answered the questions. You've done your, your due diligence in that end. I just, as a counselor, need to also do my due diligence. And if I have not seen this traffic study prior to, right, and I haven't reviewed it, I can't vote in good conscience to approve something that I haven't reviewed yet. And so I need to review it. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, that means postponing, right? But, and it doesn't mean that I am against it, to be honest, without have not having seen this, I, I was all for it, right? I'm like, you, you know, we've reached an agreement and we're good. On my own perspective, I can't speak for the rest of the board. However, without having reviewed this, that was not presented to us yet, which may not be your fault. I don't know whose fault it is. The point is I haven't reviewed it. And transparency for me means a lot more. My own, you know, moral compass and the ethical obligation that I have to my constituents, which is to review materials before I say yes to something, I can't do that in good conscience. So I w that's why I will motion to postpone this. You don't need to bring your whole team back. The answers have been questioned. This is really the only thing in question now. And then we, we need to review. It's our, it's our due diligence. Just informationally, it was submitted in January with the application the, the requirements, and we did brief the concept at the last meeting in, well, that was March, I guess. We didn't go through each page, of course, but we did the summary for five slides that we showed. I think that had the, the relevant information. And some of the traffic study is different, though. The information should be different because now it's reduced in size, would we, that not? We did not update the traffic impact analysis per the current change, of course, the, the, you know, that would be a whole nother conversation about what, you know, what's in the report and what wasn't, but we, we submitted at the time of the application based upon the previous size plan and the previous amount of parking spaces. So with this new size plan and the new size parking facility, will that substantially change the traffic study? And if so, then it's pointless for me to review that if we're not getting a... I, I will right. refer to Scott, but we, we talked about less building size and less parking space. But it would be in your actually in your benefit if well, it changes that. Well, and we're we... comfortable with what the analysis says as it is, okay. based on the bigger okay. project. Okay. Yeah, and and just to follow up on that, you know, we used the building area as a generator of the vehicle trips. Since it's come down so much, the trips would also come down. So, so as Todd indicates, the operations would be better than what's shown in that study, um, which were already pretty good. You know, level of service C or better at all the area intersections. Yeah. Now it becomes the worst. Case. Or, yeah, yeah, and it was, and it was quite honestly, it was already a worst case scenario because it's, you know, going back to the previous presentation, it, it's not. It's not a traditional dealership, so so that you know you talk about the employee totals being lower, the truck deliveries being being less. 
So, so it's already a worst case, and now it's it's even you know even more of a of a higher uh, a higher number scenario that was analyzed. So we, I guess, can know what the concept would be. Want to be reviewing the traffic impact analysis. Analysis, or are we going to go back and talk about batteries and? No, we're not going to rehash everything that's okay. already been. Just done. so we know who who, who needs to, who needs to be here in terms of we want to be responsive to the questions, but um, you know we would leave some folks out of the equation if that were the case. in here, whatnot, that's a traffic study. There's engineering standards um, for traffic analysis. As a matter of fact, the, the consultant who's working with this applicant has worked for the city um, doing traffic analysis, analyses for us as well. And I can tell you as a member of this committee, we've seen this come before other applicants. This is what they present to us um, as for a traffic study. It's just, we're using old terms and this is the modern, you know, what's expected of now is, you know, the state changes things as they go along, they change names of things as they go along. Um, so, so I, I just spoke to the attorney. The same thing. I just spoke to the attorney on postponement. So on May 26th, we actually have an existing right. meeting. There are already some pretty big items on the agenda, but we really don't anticipate this to be a big item since all we have to do at this point is review the traffic study and all of our questions have been answered. Um, so in, to not belabor this issue and make it have to wait another few weeks and then wait again for a full council meeting, I would urge us to postpone it to May 26th to exactly. so the next zoning meeting, which is already scheduled. Okay, so um, can we close public input and then? Um, well, anybody else for public input? Just a, just a clarification. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. In my, I did say May because in my brain it's May. Thank you. <laughs> April 20th. Yeah. No, the goal is to have this on the yeah. city council agenda. So, but any last chance, anybody for public input? Motion to close public input. Second. Roll call, please. Oh, you got roll call. I just said roll call. To postpone to the yeah. to the April 26th at 6:30 p.m. meeting. But we haven't made that motion yet. We have to close public input first. Yeah, roll call. Right. I asked twice for public input. Nobody stood up. Anybody else? Last time. My name is uh, David Rossi, 106 Morrow Drive. Um, I just want to thank everyone here tonight, especially uh, Councillor Dobaz and Councillor Lopez and the board and everything. And I want to particularly thank your team for coming out and listening to the residents. I think that's most important. We're not against development. We just need to make it right for our neighborhood. And uh, I just want to thank you again and also shows other people that if you're willing to listen to the neighborhood and work with the city, you know, we'll welcome you in. You know, it's just got to be done right. So I want to thank everybody tonight and have a good evening. Motion to close public input. Second to close the public input. Agnes, roll call, please. Cushane? Yes. Pinia Costello? Yes. Lopez? Yes. Zigarowski? Yes. Labrie? Yes.
motion to postpone to this item to the April 26th meeting at 6.30 p.m. here at City Hall Chambers. Motion second and to postpone to the college chair to the April 26th zoning subcommittee meeting in the at 6.30 p.m. in Chambers. We just have a meeting no. minutes. We need a roll call vote. Shane? Yes. Tania Costello? Yes. Lopez? Yes. Zigarowski? Yes. Labrie? Yes. Motion to approve the meeting minutes of March 22nd, 2023. It was four. Oh, unanimous, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to say that. Oh, sorry. For the record. Trying to get this meeting minutes done. Mighty. So, go. All right. Get a motion for the minutes. Motion for the meeting minutes of March 22nd, 2023. Motion second approve the accept the minutes of March 22nd. Roll call. We got roll call, sir. Shane. Yes. Pena Costello. Lopez. Yes. Sigarowski. Yes. Labrie. Yes. Motion to adjourn. Well, we have to wait till I write this out and sign it. <laughs> so, adjourn it so that we can be done. Second, the motion to adjourn. Roll call, please. To adjourn. Shane? Yes. Pania Costello? Lopez? Yes. Zigarowski? Yes. Labrie? Yes.